Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and writing on the entire internet. And it's all pretty much free. Go check it out. HashtagBasketball.com. They will guarantee to have content for you and how you use it will possibly make you better at fantasy basketball if you use it correctly. That is their slogan at HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? What a great day it is. Is is it a great day? It's been it's been rough um, here in, in Chicago lately. Well, it wasn't a great day if you were a Mavericks fan when they scored twenty second half points. I mean That's pretty bad. That's like that's Chicago Bulls bad. Well, it was actually thirty, but who's counting? I mean, still bad. Uh yeah. That's not great. You can't win them all, I guess. But uh, if you're the Bulls, you can only win about 10. They lost to the cruddy no, LeBron James, so that's some. I'll take that. It's been um, an interesting start to the new year, and uh, I think more often than not, the beginning, like January into the All-Star break, kind of begins a bit of a a bit of a lull in um, in 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 NBA basketball because it's kind of like you are really in the grind now. You're about halfway through the season. Uh, there is no break for another month and a half, and so you know teams have either figured out who they are, and the teams that know they're good, they already know they're good, and the teams that know they're bad aren't uh, giving as much of a shit as the teams who know they are good. Uh, even in the um, the West, which is basically 13 teams trying to compete for a playoff spot, you're starting to see uh, the cream rise to the top. And it's a little surprising that the Nuggets are part of that cream, along with the, the Thunder and the Clippers. Um, and so at this point of the season, I think personally, I like to turn to the teams at the other side of the standings, your Dallas Mavericks, your Phoenix Suns, your Cleveland Cavaliers, your Knicks, your Bulls, your Atlanta Hawks, because those are the teams that start making adjustments for the future, whether that's through trading uh, players like Justin Holiday, or uh, making sure you give more minutes to someone like, uh, I don't know, like Trey Young was getting plenty of minutes, so I'm not too worried about that. But like Colin Sexton is probably going to get uh, plenty of minutes moving forward. Um, so I personally like to start paying much more attention to the death chart, to the rotations going on on those teams that are really, really bad. And that usually does lead to um, a, a switch, a, an adjustment in fantasy value and so we're going to be keeping an eye on that over the next few weeks tyler is there any team in particular you are uh that you're looking at i mean i think you nailed it that like a lot of the teams that are going to change a ton are, are going to be the rebuilding teams as opposed to the uh teams that are competing 
Um, I still think that Clippers team might fall off. I mean, I don't know how they're winning so many games because they, I mean, just looking at them compared to some of the other teams, like they do not look like a great team. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch, I guess. And that whole Western Conference thing will be very interesting in the sense that some of those teams are going to eventually fall back. Yeah, so and, some of those teams are going to fall off. And so it'll be interesting to see what moves are made, and I think it could make for a really exciting trade deadline because if all 13 of those teams think they're going to try to get a playoff spot, like there could be some wild trades that go down to try to gain the slightest advantage. Um, so, that would be nice. Yeah, it it would be, be nice to see uh, the Bulls take advantage of that uh, instead of just getting more free money by signing Michael. Like, I thought I would be done ranting about the Bulls after the last episode, but wake up again today and see that Michael Carter-Williams is making his um, three-hour return to the Chicago Bulls where he will be waived for cash considerations. Great job, guys. Financial champions. You did it. You're the best. Good job. Put another put hey, another my- banner up for financial champions. Michael Carter Williams might be the best point guard they got other than Chris Dunn. I know, and they waived him. So, <laughs> not on the team anymore. Uh, but we do have, like, you know, there's a, a handful of guys like Patrick uh, McCall. He's out there. He might get signed by somebody in the next day or two. So, you got all these contracts being uh, kind of finalized, uh, along with some uh, guys who are actually on the real NBA waiver wire who might be getting picked up. So, it's a good idea to keep an eye on that along with the ret- uh, the returns or so like there's a couple of returns that I'm uh, a little bit interested in uh Ronnie Hollis Jefferson and Tarion Prince both guys who have been out for a bit uh Terry Prince has been out for longer than I actually remembered I was like oh he's been out for like a couple weeks now it's been like a month or so um Ronnie Hollis Jefferson he's only been out for a week or so but I- I'm I'm going to be keeping an eye on those two players as a potential second half uh, turnaround players that people have probably forgotten about already. A lot of those players, I, I think, you know, starting to come back. I mean, we, we see this kind of every year. And then there's some guys where we still have, like, no idea about, like Isaiah Thomas. And, and I mean, there's numerous players where, like, they're just never really given a timetable. And at this point, you got to think maybe they're not going to come back at all. Yeah, like uh, Karis Levert, another player who could be coming back at the end of this month. Uh, hopefully, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on it because uh, we've seen Kent Bazemore's injury linger. Uh, Will Barton still hasn't played. Like so nobody knows what's going on there. Uh, Robert Covington out for a while. So like you know these injuries could be devastating to your uh, season. And the annoying um, thing about the Barton one is he keeps saying like, oh, about a week he'll be back, and about a week he'll be back. In about a week, he'll be back. I swear Malone said that like four times now. I think he said it for about a month and a half at this point. Maybe two. Um, yeah. So, there's quite a few of those guys this year, which is a little weird, a little suspicious. Uh, feels like Eric Gordon's been out a little longer than I thought. Same with Alan Crabb. All those guys are pretty good to keep an eye on, but like, don't let someone who's going to be out for a month, month and a half cost you a playoff spot. You know, so like, you're going to have to part maybe with Robert Covington. Maybe uh, if you've got Kevin Love, I mean, and you were hoping he would be coming back soon, it sounds like he might not be back for the rest of the year. And with as bad as Cleveland is, I don't know why he would be. 
the only thing is he might come back in February and try to get traded. But they just signed him with that huge extension, so um and he's what thirty. This is like the extension goes from like his age thirty one season to age thirty five, so it would have to be the right kind of team. Yeah. Uh we will see. Um I also want to give a quick um shout out to the safety of Enos Cantor. Uh he will not be going to the London game due to the uh horrible um authoritarian regime in in turkey shout out to our turkey listeners uh i um but be careful it's not going well over there when uh, nba players are being threatened and apparently hito turkoglu is involved with this like hito turkoglu is is part of the government in turkey so like like this this geopolitical situation has has spilled over into basketball and uh, that's a shame because we, we use sports to escape this kind of stuff. And apparently these days there is no escaping. Uh, but shout out to Enos Cantor for staying safe because he is uh, he's a great guy. I, I like Enos Cantor a lot and I wish him the best. And I also wish Fisdale would play him more minutes um, and, and, could, and start, start him a little bit more. That would be freaking great. Fisdale, worst coach in basketball. Jim Boylan got run for his give him his run for his money, Fizdale. I'd rather have Fizdale than Jim Boylan. Ten out of ten times. Good luck, at least in Boylan's rotation, to figure out who's gonna play. That's true. That's fair. Um so yeah, just do pay attention to the fact that uh, Enos Kanter will be sitting for the London game uh when you are setting your lineups for the rest of the week. And you're probably going to go to the waiver wire, and that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, the waiver wire has been interesting. There's always the the few familiar names. We haven't talked about some of these guys in a while, though. So, like, the, the waiver wire is starting to kind of adjust. Uh, you saw a lot of people jump ship on, on Justin Holiday, and, and rightfully so. He uh, apparently <laughs> was traded to... Um, come off the the bench in in Memphis which is um and play like very little he only played about well he played 21 minutes but he had a poor shooting night so uh we'll see what's going on there but we got uh we got a few familiar names but we also have some new names on the waiver wire list that we usually don't end up talking about and we talked about this one just in our last episode Bismack Biombo uh, getting the surprise minutes out of absolutely nowhere. Um, it is a incredible per-minute rebound and block guy worth streaming uh, while the Hornets need uh, desperately need a center um, while their big men are out. Was there a question there? No. Do you like do you like Bismack okay. Biambo? Do you do you like Bismack Biambo as a flyer this week? Yeah, I mean, I think that Biombo is going to be good as long as he's getting the minutes, and it looks like he's going to get the minutes. So, perfect. Um, yeah, when you when you're looking at head to head, I think that's a, it's a smart pickup, especially like blocks are hard to come by, and the you know a couple games with some good block numbers could uh, win you at that category. It's uh, it's fairly straightforward, guys. You shouldn't have to think about it too awful much. But I want to talk about 
a couple of players that are getting uh, a lot of love. We always talk about Josh Jackson. Guys, listen, Josh Jackson is going to be doing this the rest of the season. You're going to pick him up for four games. You're going to drop him for four games. You're going to pick him up for a drop. Him. We're not going to talk about him anymore. Instead, I want to talk about Derek White for the San Antonio Spurs. He is having a very good run um, playing uh, solid minutes, but he's he's not, I guess, I mean, he's coming back from uh, injury and all, but he's he seems to be getting going. He, it's not like he started out only playing a few minutes. He, he got right back into it. He was playing you know, 28, 29 minutes a game. But over the last like three, five games or so, he has shown that he is being very consistent uh, in in producing. So Derek White, rest of the year, are you thinking he is, is standard league relevant? Now, see, that's a question I had to think about. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about the whole pop situation and, and limiting his minutes. A little bit concerned that he doesn't do a lot other than steals and blocks, which are good, right? But same time, like you're gonna need a little bit more than that, and I just don't know that that's gonna be there. Um, and we talked about this a lot, right? Even when Derek White was first getting picked up, that I still maybe don't really know what what a Derek White is for fantasy. Yeah, we don't have a lot of um, terribly compelling track record for him. It's probably the most socially acceptable of way of, of, of saying that. I I don't know what to make of him either, but what I will make of him over the last, you know, four or five games is that he's worth owning. He is he's worth picking up and rostering, I think, uh, on uh any standard league team just as a flyer. You know, he's getting uh, close to starters minutes. And he is playing well, and so at the very least, you're riding a hot hand. And then at the you know at the worst, you are um, going to have to drop him here after he doesn't perform for the next two games. So I'm willing to bet on while Pop's minutes are going to probably you know hover him around 27, 28 minutes. They do need him to to play a role on this team. Uh, obviously, that field goal percentage unsustainable for sure. But if he's playing well, and they're going to need him, and you trust the development of a uh, from a coach like Greg Popovich, uh, I think it's it's a pretty good pickup to uh, to go with this week. In daily leagues, like it's it's fine, and he's he's probably just more of a streamer to me, and in. Weekly leagues, it's going to be hard to roster him because he's going to play point guard and he doesn't give you like many assists at all. Like he may give you three for a game. Um, now he does do some other things, right? He's an okay rebounder. He's actually steals and blocks are pretty good. Um, I don't really think he's going to score that much because he's getting these, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 point games on 60% shooting. Like he's probably more of a 46, 47% shooter. So that's probably like, which is okay. But in the standard league, that's not really going to help you. No. Um, It's not going to hurt you, right? But it's it's not going to put you over the edge. Uh, I do think he is fantasy standard league relevant. Um, If not, for his hot streak being definitely relevant, but probably once that wears off, he is like you're saying a streamable player. And hey, 
there's a there's always a a market for a streamable player. So um, if he fits your uh, build, he fits your needs for the week. He might end up playing a game or two that that pushes you over the edge in a, in a category or two, and that's all you needed. So I I I, I like the idea of, of get, taking a flyer on him while he's hot, and then uh, using him as a streamer further down the road. Let's talk about another player here. We mentioned Jeff Green with the injury to uh, uh, Mar- Mar- Markeith Morris. I always forget which Morris it is. I had to do a quick check on that. Old Marquise, he is uh, going to be injured for the next handful of weeks. So uh, Jeff Green will definitely be getting playing time and, and playing time in the uh, up, the mid-30s uh, with minutes per game. Is worth streaming. Is Jeff Green a world beater? No, not so much. Uh, but we talked about him a little bit in the last episode. Um, so I'd rather talk about this guy. I'm very surprised to see him on this list. And on top of that, there are a lot of drops and a lot of ads for this for this player, both, which is is pretty rare. Usually, you're dropping a guy and adding a guy. Very rarely are half the people dropping and half the people picking up. And this is Damari Carroll. Uh, Damari Carroll has had a great streak of games over uh, the end of December into January, and. Um, when Demari Carroll's shot is going down, he is a fairly good player who can get you threes and rebounds uh, with the occasional steal. Not, you know, he's definitely not someone who I, I think about when I think about steals, but um, he has been very, very hot. He's also been playing some minutes because Rondé Hollis Jefferson, another guy that I mentioned uh, to, to keep an eye on, it has been sitting out over the last week or so. So, uh, you know, Damari Carroll, are you are you ready? Um, are, are you going to continue to ride him, Tyler? Or do you think this is kind of a Rondé Hollis Jefferson absent type of uh, performance? So, I mean, we've seen the Carroll goodness before. We've seen the Carroll not so good before. So um, there's that. And I, for me, I mean, I just don't. I don't know that I really want to ride this guy for a long time. I mean, I'm fine riding this hot streak, but once it starts ending, I think we've seen Damari Carroll be a notoriously very streaky player. So there could be a lot of bad games coming after one bad game. Um, He's probably more in that streamers class for me too. Like, I don't really think I want to pick up and hold Damari Carroll in a standard 10 or 12 team league. Yeah, I think that's super fair. Um, Damari Carroll is streaky, but he has had – um, not just small stints, but uh, legit month-long stints as a top 100 player. And um, depending on what the Brooklyn Nets are up to with their second half of the season, and this is something, like I said, to watch, um, if they do think Damari Carroll is part of getting them into the playoffs, you could see a little bit more Damari Carroll. Now, granted, if he just goes on a really bad shooting streak like he's known to do, it won't matter if they're playing him 35 minutes a game if he can't make a basket. But right now, he's hitting his shot, and he is looking like old-school Damari Carroll. So, you know, if he is out and available in your league, I would go ahead and uh, and, and pick him up. Why not? All fair. All right. I want to talk about a guy that... Tyler, you love and I hate. And his name is Austin 
Steve Austin Rivers. I think that's how his first name is Steve. A lot of people don't know that. Steve Austin Rivers made his found his way, bumbled his way into a position on the Rockets and has been playing fairly well, but also been playing about 40 minutes a game because the rest of this team is injured. Um, you know, Eric Gordon out, Chris Paul's been missing some time. Austin Rivers is is he standard league relevant for the rest of the season, especially when the rest of the Houston Rockets get healthy? Oh no, definitely not. But as long as Chris Paul's out and they're having some injuries here, like I mean, I think he's the backup point guard they wanted Michael Carter Williams to be. Perhaps. So you know what I mean? How many minutes per game is that? I mean, who are they going to play? Are they going to play him or Gerald Green, like in that second unit? Like I could easily see Rivers getting some of those minutes, and I could easily see Rivers playing like 25, 28 minutes a game, even when they're relatively healthy. Um, and we've seen Rivers like last year. Rivers was good for fantasy. Rivers can make three-pointers. You know, Rivers can do a little bit for fantasy. I, I'm not in love with him. He's never really going to get you a ton of steals and blocks. But, you know, if you need threes or points or, you know, the occasional assist, I mean, especially in a deeper league, like Rivers is a decent guy to hold because he gets a lot of hate. I don't know, the whole Doc Rivers thing, or some people think he shouldn't be in the NBA. But in like a 14-16 team league, Rivers can be pretty valuable. Yeah, I think he's obviously talented enough to be in the NBA because he is, and he keeps getting um, brought onto teams that have a need for uh, a guy who, you know, pounds the ball for twenty three seconds and, and jacks up a shot. His game is just terrible to watch, and also he seems like a complete dick, and that is why I am not a fan of Steve Austin Rivers, but. This next guy I am a fan of, and it would not be a waiver wire episode unless we talked about Emmanuel Moutier. Once again, people are, are, are warming up to Emmanuel Moutier. He is probably at one of his highest uh, owned percentages at 52% currently on Yahoo. Uh, Tyler, like, do we have to accept, like, is it finally time to, just to say Emmanuel Moutier is a standard league player in head-to-head leagues? Um, well, he only played 24 minutes tonight. Was it a terrible blowout? That's a negative. Um, that was, that was called me nitpicking just to give you a rise. Uh, yeah, as long as Fisdale keeps him, you know, playing big minutes and as the starting point guard, I am fine owning Moutier even in a standard league right now. Now we can talk about the Knicks rotations if you want. Like if I'm going to bet on anyone not keeping their rotation, it's going to be Fisdale. So, you know what I mean? At any, at any moment, he could just start playing Trey Burke and, or Frank Nilekina over Emmanuel Moody, and I would not be surprised. That's true. And your hate for Fizdale is strong, and I appreciate that. I respect it. Um, it is a good hate. But it, it has nothing to do with hate. It's just I can't figure him out. Like, every week yeah. when I do that, that weekly streaming article, like when the Knicks are on there, like – I mean, they've gotten me so many times where I'm like, okay, this guy's played 30 minutes per game over the last two weeks. You know, Damian Dotson was the first one, right? He came out of nowhere and was like playing 30 minutes every game for like how many weeks? Two, three, yeah. four. And, it was and like, then he returned to nowhere. Right. You put him on there and then like all of a sudden it was like Fisdale that whole week, like didn't play him at all. 
and it was like he just fell out of the rotation after playing 30 minutes. It made no sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't figure him out. That's all I'm saying. That's not hate. It's just like I don't know what he's doing with the rotation. I don't, I don't know that he does. Uh, he obviously does not know what he's doing. Um, but, like I said, it would not be a waiver wire episode unless we talked about our favorite waiver wire player, Emmanuel Moutier. And I'm with you. Like, I think he's going to be fantasy relevant, maybe even a top 100 player for the uh, the second half of the season if you ignore uh, a certain percentage or two in your um in your in your type of league so uh as long as he's getting those minutes and come on tyler it's the third quarter that's why he's only played 24 minutes he's gonna play he's gonna play 30 plus i know i was joking oh my gosh um so here's a guy we haven't talked about in a while so we, we always have to talk about media but here's a guy we have not talked about maybe all season long um except for very very early in the season this is the great and powerful Bobby Portis, who is back with the Chicago Bulls. He played about 20 minutes um, in his return uh, against Brooklyn. Uh, Bobby Portis known for getting very, very hot um, playing in uh, with the second team, shooting quite a bit of threes for someone who is eligible at uh, uh, even center. In at least in Yahoo leagues, he's eligible in center. I don't know what the hell ESPN is doing, and I and and they've been uh, all over the place this season. So I'm not going to comment on that. But Bobby Portis has known to uh, to make himself fantasy relevant. If I could guarantee you, Tyler, that Bobby Portis would be healthy for the rest of the season, he will play every game for the rest of the season, and he will average 24 and a half minutes per game. Is he a top 100 player? No, because he doesn't do anything in steals and blocks, really. But, I mean, he's fine to own and, and to stream. I mean, he's going to get rebounds. He's going to score. He's going to hit threes, like you mentioned. Um, that's a fine big man to even hold on your roster if you need those things. But I, I don't think that the steal and blocks, the lack of steals and blocks probably keeps him out of the top 100. I think uh, I think you're right. Actually, I um, I don't think Bobby Portis playing bench minutes, which is what he is going to do, will um, unless Jim Boylan decides for some reason to sit Lowry Market and Wendell Carter Jr. for the rest of the season because they missed a rotation or something. Unless he's that terrible of a coach, Bobby Portis is probably just going to play bench minutes. But let's say Wendell Carter Jr. or Lowry Market, him forbid. Um, end up missing the rest of the season, and Bobby Portis is going to play 33 minutes a game. Obviously, we're more interested in him, but is he a top 100 player? Good I, think it gets, I think it gets close. Yeah, probably, and a lot of that would depend on – I mean, I think he's – I'll say fringe top 100 in the sense that I think he – it would depend on some fungibility of what other guys are hurt and who's playing those other minutes for other teams. You know what I mean? Like just some things we can't tell in 33 minutes a game though. He'd be close. I don't think he's the top 50 player though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think he's 80 to a hundred somewhere in there, 70 to a hundred. Yeah. He's like a, I'd say he's like a poor man's Julius Randall who could hit threes. Kind of a, a scorer gets the rebounds, hits threes but doesn't uh, do anything else. It's actually, he might be more of a almost Julius Randle when you think about it. 
I know you're a Julius Randle hater, but he's having a very good year. Randle has been exceptionally good, and he actually, ever since he lost all that weight, even when he played for the Lakers, he was really, really good. I mean, he's a really good player. Just I'm not a huge fan of his fantasy game in the sense that he doesn't steal or block the ball, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's there's more value in real-life NBA than steals and blocks, but in fantasy, like steals and blocks are very important categories. Yeah, they definitely matter. They definitely add to your overall value. They definitely add to your ability to win a week. Um, I mean, hey, there's a place for 20 and, and 10 guys on your roster. But are th- just because those numbers are high doesn't mean someone like Danny Green isn't just as valuable, if not more valuable, than someone like Bobby Portis, who might be like 17 and, and 8 coming off the bench. Yeah, and so. Portis is one of those guys who like sometimes I'll pick up off the waiver wire like when he's hurt or he has a crappy game and you can sometimes trade him especially when he gets a hot run where he's got like three or four games where he's got like nearly 20 points and 10 rebounds each game you can sometimes trade him for a guy that you should never be able to trade him for yes he is i don't know if it's just because he punched nico miritich in the face but he is suspiciously popular with the fantasy crowd and i haven't fully understood that but he is a name that people keep an eye on. Probably a combination of youth and three-point shooting from a big man. Uh, that's That usually is enough to get the fantasy community interested in literally anybody. So probably those. Well, players. yeah. And, and, you know, we talk about this a lot, right? Points and rebounds are the highest numbers. So people get a little more excited about 20 points than they do three blocks. That's very true. Um, speaking of players that are young that people gravitate towards and who are coming back recently from an extended period out, that is a hell of a segue, Tyler. I'm talking about Marvin Bagley the third, who is playing in his very first game this evening. Marvin Bagley um, has kind of been hit or miss, mostly I would say miss at the at, at the start of the season, um, but Sacramento is even though they are in um, playoff contention and look like they will continue to be in playoff contention. Uh, though there's a lot of weird stats about like how they basically lose every first half, but their second half they're uh, they're playing at a really high pace, and in their second half they're uh, uh, kind of wearing teams out with their youth so it's like um there's a lot of weird stats around sacramento but i think i think it is sustainable and uh marvin bagley is now going to be someone who's who's put right back into the rotation probably do you have any interest in in in, in marvin bagley for the rest of the season as someone who could be permanently rostered I'd have more interest in Marvin Bagley if the Kings were out of it, to be honest. That is a very um, astute observation. I kind of agree with you there. I think uh, Bielitsa is probably a little bit more interesting than ba- uh, Bagley moving forward, simply because Bielitsa has produced um, positive value when it comes to wins. Yeah, and I mean, Bagley's only averaging 23.1 minutes per game on the season. Like, it's hard to, at any standard league, it's hard. You have to be really, really good to average that low minutes and be standardly relevant. I mean, he's only 
he's only getting 12 points a game, 12.7 points a game, 6.1 rebounds, not even an assist, 0.4 steals, a block. Like, okay, those numbers are fine, but they're not great. And so he's a streamer at this point. And if he gets more minutes, you know, then, then maybe we talk again. Let's say you see, I mean, the Kings are on a three and seven. Um, oh, they're sliding out of this. Sure. Yeah, they're starting to slide. They've lost their last four games. Uh, I do not know who they're playing tonight, but uh, they could end up losing um, to the uh, – they're playing Orlando, who dropped, I think, 170 points on the Bulls. So, you know, watch out, Sacramento. Um, let's say January is just really, really bad for the Kings, and they just slide right out of playoff contention, and they're like, all right, we're going with the youth. I actually think Bagley is a is a must roster in standard leagues if he is going to be playing thirty plus minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, especially if he can keep that block rate up. Um, we we all thought he would maybe be a Zach Randolph type, where we saw that in college. But a lot of that maybe had to do with Wendell Carter playing more center and him being more of a power forward. I mean, if he can average, you know, one point even one point two blocks in 30 minutes like that's a significant contribution and would help him a lot he's gonna rebound and get points in 30 minutes a game like he's just gonna do those two things um he's not gonna give you assists and i don't think the three-pointers are gonna be great like he's just not taking a ton of attempts um and i think he's a little bit below the average three-point shooter so you know he maybe gets you half a three a game maybe 0.6 which in today's nba is not a lot no it is not um there are well, there are better options, but most of those options are probably rostered at this point. So as someone who could eventually play heavier minutes, might not be the worst idea to um, get Marvin Bagley on your roster. Maybe he uh, ends up breaking out a little bit, and you can trade him for something else. If you're in a, a in any sort of keeper dynasty league, I think if he's not owned, that's, someone doesn't know what they're doing. And I'd like to be in that dynasty league, if you if you don't mind. So let me know. You can uh, find me on Twitter at watch the boxes. And I would like to be in your keeper dynasty league. If a, um, a high rookie draft pick is currently on your waiver wire, unless there's like four teams that I'm not interested in your, in your league. Sorry. Just, I'm just not, not going to happen. Uh, Tyler, I think that is it for the waiver wire. Did you have anyone else that you wanted to, uh, to spotlight here on our waiver wire show? No, man, that about wraps it up. Um, right. The waiver right. wire gets a little wild this time of year, and things can change quickly. So uh, keep an eye out to the news and all that, and be prepared to take a flyer on, well, almost anybody, because sometimes a guy gets 30 minutes for a couple weeks straight and has a really good run, and then he drops out of the rotation, you know? It, it is crazy. Fisdale special. Oh, yeah. That's not a bad idea. I like that. There are a handful of people that you've never heard of. Even if you're a hardcore NBA guy, there are a handful of people that you are never, you've never heard of that will get Fizdale at some point in this season. Well, and the 10 days start soon, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're going to start seeing these 10 day contracts. These guys come out of nowhere and play for some of these really bad teams, maybe even some of these really good teams that are injured. So um, you're going to see a lot of weird stuff going on. So the waiver wire is going to get 
kind of, uh, I'd say more difficult, but more interesting. I, I like to just say funky. Gonna get fun funky. Oh, like a, like a good, like a fine uh, fermented sour beer. The waiver wire is about to get funky. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Beautiful. And like I said, you can find me at Watch the Boxes. Guys, if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. And if you really uh, want to have a direct line to us and get the waiver wire and um, buy low, sell high podcast that we do before you are hearing it on the regular podcast stream, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Um, all our subscribers do get access to these podcasts a little bit early and also exclusive uh, access to me and Tyler to help shape the show, give feedback. Maybe you have questions about your, uh, your league, your upcoming keepers, your, your dynasty. Uh, maybe you're in the middle of a, a one of the longest um, second chance league drafts and you're already a subscriber. So shout out to you if you're already subscribing Unless you are taking a very long time to draft, then, you know, still, you're cool. I appreciate you guys supporting the show. That's what really uh, means a lot to us. So as long as you're supporting the show, I'm cool with you. But still, guys in the Listener League, in the second chance, because I blew it and I, I, I really I really screwed up and I need a second chance league. Uh, let's get through this draft before, before the season's over. So um, if you're... Already a Patreon, shout out if you want to be a Patreon, subscribe, patreon.com slash watching the boxes, and we will see you next time.